0: You're listening to Podnosis, the pulse of the healthcare industry. I'm Ayla Ellison. In today's episode, we explore the challenges faced by nearly one fifth of New Jersey's youth, those with special healthcare needs. From learning disabilities to ADHD and anxiety, these children, along with their families, navigate a complex landscape characterized by provider shortages, prolonged wait times, and limited insurance coverage. In the face of these obstacles, community-based therapeutic recreation and adaptive sport programs emerge as beacons of hope promising to enhance the quality of life for these patients and their families. However, the accessibility of such programs remains a significant hurdle, often distant and financially burdensome. Inter Children's Specialized Hospital: part of RWJ. Barnabas Children's Specialized Hospital is providing in-house recreation, sports and social programs tailored for kids with special needs. Fierce Healthcare's Anastasia Gliadkowskia sat down with Matthew McDonald, the president and CEO of the hospital, to unravel the intricacies of establishing and sustaining these initiatives and to explore the promising future they hold for pediatric care. Here they are.
1: Hi, Matt. It's so good to meet you. And thanks for making the time to come on Podnosis. To start, I wanted you to tell our listeners a bit about Children's Specialized Hospital and the kinds of needs that you see in your community.
2: Children's Specialized Hospital is part of the Robert Wood Johnson Barnabas Health System in New Jersey. And we are a regional, if not national, provider of pediatric, rehabilitative, and specialty care, all aimed to help children with special healthcare needs. We'll take care of about 40,000 children annually through direct services across about 15 sites in New Jersey.
1: And I wanted to get a sense of the types of programming that you offer. I know there you have a lot of clinical care programs, but you also have recreation programs. Can you tell us a bit about why those are so important to the kids and teens that you serve?
2: I sure can. So Children Specialized, as you mentioned, we have direct clinical care programs, a flagship inpatient rehabilitation hospital. We have two long-term care, homes for children, and then we have a host of ambulatory, medical, and therapeutic services. Community recreation is just important to the health of our children, medications and equipment and therapies. So we commit to serving the whole person in that regard. If you think about just what any child would want or need, they'd want health and healthcare. But they also want access to social programs, exercise based programs, and an inclusive community.
1: That's such an interesting thing to hear from a hospital exec because I don't think this is that common. Can you talk about what others in the industry might or might not be doing in this space?
2: Well, I think you're correct. If you look at the healthcare industry at large, firstly, an adult driven industry. And you look at even pediatric healthcare, most children's hospitals across the country are geared toward acute care. Children's specialized hospitals are very different in that, firstly, we're a post acute provider. So we think about the health and rehabilitation needs and habilitation needs maybe a little differently than the rest of the industry. Across the country, we are certainly unique and even more unique, I believe, in our investment in community recreation. It's actually quite legitimately part of our strategic planning process. In addition to building clinical programs, we look to build out community recreation programs, ultimately aimed around being a very family-centered and patient-facing organization. My favorite framework for that is that when we think about what our picture person would have or one of our loved ones would need, we would want our kids to have access to music, to inclusion. Maybe we'd like them to play sports like my two daughters have the opportunity to do. Maybe we'd like them to be part of a social club. But ultimately, it's really doubling down on the belief that the health of a child and the trajectory of a child does not rely solely on healthcare services, traditional healthcare services. And that if you really want kids to be able to reach their full potential you have to find a way to include them in community programs and the fact is that there are gaps for kids with special health care needs in being able to access those programs
1: it's fascinating I read through your hospital's last year community health needs survey it was a really long document so I didn't read through all of it but in it you know near the top it was clear that parents that were surveyed had said, That recreational programs, also behavioral health care and transition services, those were the hardest things to access in 2022 for kids with special needs. And I'm wondering how you've thought about maintaining that programming through something like COVID.
2: First of all, I'm very impressed that you read through a community health needs assessment because those documents, as you said, they are quite robust. So kudos to you and kudos for picking up the highlights there. 2022's community health needs assessment was on the heels of the COVID-19 pandemic. And the major impact or one of the major impacts to children on the heel of that pandemic was isolationism and not having access to programs that keep kids healthy. So that was not a surprise finding for us, but certainly something that we sought to address. If you think about the timing of that was when children may have been out of school, social programming, social distancing was occurring. So our parents told us that They want access to those programs effectively. And we answered that calling and put some plans together to enhance and build out community recreation across our state. During the pandemic, when access to inclusion community was was really at a paucity, I, I was so proud of our team. We have about 600 folks that work at Children Specialized and in every way, shape, and form they adapted during the pandemic to make sure that our kids had access to the services they needed. And they were pretty inventive, virtual programs, group programs virtually. But that's who we are. That's what our team does. And they find a way to to meet the needs of the kids.
1: And you mentioned that you've made investments throughout the state to build up some of these programming. Can you talk about why you feel it's important to both invest Maybe in community nonprofits or local organizations, but also to offer some of these services in-house. Specifically, I think when it comes to something more unusual for a hospital to offer, which is community programming—you know, rec, sports, those types of things.
2: At RWJ Barnabas at large, and certainly at Children's specialized, and across the country, there's a recognition that health and healthcare are not synonymous, and when you look at the movement to enhance the recognition of social determinants of health across the country as an example. If you're going to make an impact on the health and welfare of the community that you're serving at large, then you have to make an investment in the community by building programs that maybe are a little different than traditional healthcare delivery programs. We subscribe at Children Specialized that our community is not necessarily a geographic community, but is the community of children with special needs or specifically children with medical complexity. And I think it's the duty of a nonprofit healthcare entity like ours to invest in the community at large best we can. One of the prouder investments we have as a healthcare system and a children specialized is something called the RWJ Barnabas Health Tom's River Field of Dreams, which is an amazing story in and of itself. It's an inclusive playground and sports complex dreamt and built by a parent of one of our patients at Children Specialized where children with a special health care need can come and play on a playground the same as any child would with other folks with special needs as well as with other typically Developing children. That's a great example of a community investment, particularly for our population of kids. And ultimately, whether or not there's a financial ROI on that doesn't quite matter because that sometimes it's the right thing to do. And I think it's the obligation of a large healthcare system and a large network like Children Specialized to invest outside the walls
1: that's a wonderful story. And for the programs that you offer in-house, maybe on campus or that are specifically for inpatients, as I understand it, a lot of those programs are led by therapists, certified instructors, trained volunteers even. What goes into looking for folks to hire for that or even into building out some of the curriculum for some of these programs to ensure that they're age-appropriate and safe for a mix of children, as you just suggested?
2: we have a special group of professionals that I'll tell you about but generally if you just if you think about the rehabilitative needs of a child or a child that's dealing with a significant chronic illness or lifelong condition these are not adults so we have to find ways to integrate play fun games into the rehabilitative treatment plans and medical treatment plans of the kids. In-house across all of our sites, we employ folks like recreation therapists and child life professionals who are quite literally the experts in finding ways to integrate play in treatment plans. So the amazing picture I always keep in my head when I'm thinking of our therapists, inclusive of our PTOT speech therapists, rec therapists, child life professionals, is that if you came to one of our facilities and you walked in one of our beautiful gyms, you would see children that are, although facing immense challenges, uh, you would see kids playing games, having fun and with smiles on their faces because our therapists are so amazing at integrating play into legitimate, significant, heavy-duty rehabilitation.
1: And when it comes to affordability, I just wanted to talk about this for a second. Because again, going back to the community health needs assessment, many parents express the belief that these programs, they need to be affordable, they need to be accessible. A lot of the time, community programs might be far away or Expensive, right? How are you thinking about making these programs affordable to families? Are they free to kids who are staying at the hospital?
2: The programs that are in-house where we are embedding recreation therapy or embedding our child life professionals into our inpatient rehab, as an example, that's part of the treatment plan and actually covered in the same way that any hospitalization would be covered through insurance. Across the outpatient network or across the state, largely we provide through what we call activity connection, which is a host of different sports, social programming, events. We largely provide them at no cost or a small cost. Taking care of children with special healthcare needs is an unbelievable mission. And the healthcare system in in which we exist doesn't necessarily directly support payment for these kinds of programs. So we're blessed at Children Specialized to have quite a large philanthropic base, a community of people that invest in our institution and our mission, and occasionally we'll fund these programs through philanthropic means.
1: Yeah. Well, since you mentioned it, I, I think it's worth describing for our listeners- Clarifying for our listeners that the health system of which your hospital's part, um, RWHA Barnabas, is a nonprofit system. And you just mentioned the use of philanthropy for these types of efforts. Do you think that those are, do you see being a nonprofit as essential to the mission of what you're trying to achieve at Children Specialized? Well,
2: I certainly do. I mean, I'm a pediatrician by background, and I came up taking care of children with complex needs within a primary care setting. And the typical length of time that it would take to have an outpatient pediatrician's visit for a typically developing kid is about the same time it takes one of our parents to negotiate just getting out of the car in the office and having their child who may or may not be in a wheelchair, as an example, just into the examination room, weighed, and on the examination table. So in a largely fee-for-service driven healthcare environment where we as a health system and at Children's Specialized are investing in making sure we're taking care of children with medical complexity or kids that need a a heavy investment in time and effort, that's that's not the most wonderful business plan in the world as you may imagine. So where we have gaps, I think that the philanthropic efforts are essential. We are on the the heels as an example of a three-year, $90 million strategic plan that involved building out access points for kids with special needs across the state of New Jersey. New ambulatory access points in multiple geographic locations and the expansion of existing services aimed towards caring for complex kids, major philanthropic Support in order to be able to do that. So, the nonprofit status is a very important component of our ability to deliver those services.
1: As we've been talking about recreation programs being a part of your larger strategy at the Children's Hospital to serve a variety of kids and teens with really unique needs and also meet the needs of families and help them be comfortable and and feel at home to the extent that they can on your campus and even outside of it throughout the state. I'm wondering what you see as the future of children's health care when it comes to the hospital setting or even beyond.
2: Children's health care at large, the trends generally are that the care of complex kids uh, or children that are ill is increasingly consolidated into children's hospitals across the country. And there is beginning to be a paucity of community-based hospitals and services. I think that in order to continue to meet the needs of children's health at large, we're going to need to do a few things. First and foremost, we have to find a way to ensure that either through innovation to how we deliver care, or growth of the providers that currently provide great care across our country, we have to make sure that we have uh, folks in the pipeline for the next several decades to meet the needs of kids. Secondly, as the care of complex kids becomes consolidated into children's hospitals, where the burden of taking care of complex kids is pushed toward children's hospitals, we're going to have to find a way to strike a chord on value and enhanced payment models or alternative payment models in order to be able to sustain uh, that consolidation. Otherwise, large children's hospitals, children's hospitals like Children Specialized and those within RWJ Barnabas Health will face uh, economic challenges. Because the intensity of services that these kids need can be expensive. And then lastly, outside of those daunting tasks, children's behavioral health, mental health, increasing prevalences of young childhood, anxiety, depression, etc., cetera, potentially worsened by the pandemic will be a challenge across the country, not just in New Jersey, for the next decades to come
1: workforce, value-based care. I appreciate you bringing that up and just potentially worsening symptoms or conditions along the way. And I assume that you envision recreation programming as a big part of value-based care. We we briefly touched on social health needs and addressing the social determinants of health, letting kids play and have fun and trying to go upstream and meet some of those needs that definitely impact health outcomes. But not every hospital is able to offer or fill those needs by itself. I would imagine that you, you envision all of those kind of wraparound services as a big part of executing on value-based care.
2: Uh, 100%. So, the evidence is pretty clear that uh, just take community recreation or just fundamentally exercise. There's a lot of medical benefits, cognitive benefits, educational benefits, to inclusivity, in our case at children Specialized. But just in the general pediatric population, exercise has wonderful effects on concentration, school performance, lowering rates of obesity. And all of those upstream preventive measures ultimately can reduce the burden on the acute care institutions that are downstream if, and potentially, if we're in a value equation, those things could be measurable. But generally speaking, the measurability may be difficult. But ultimately, the wraparound services that you mentioned, community based services, in home services, aimed toward the reduction of the overutilization of, say, the emergency departments, expansion of primary care to reduce unneeded emergency utilization. Will ultimately help the value proposition. In children with special health care needs, those problems in our systems is just exponentially amplified. And if a child with a special health care need happens to land in the ED, as an example, they will be admitted at a rate much higher than a typically developing child, sometimes unnecessarily. So if you can deliver care upstream, try to keep kids healthy, included, build an ambulatory network and support wraparound services prior to the need for a hospital, you may bend the cost curve, so to speak.
1: I think that's a wonderful note for us to end on and an uplifting one. So thank you so much, Matt, for the time.
2: It was my pleasure and thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to Podgnosis. I'm Ayla Ellison. You can find out more about this topic in our show notes at FierceHealthcare.com. Look for podcasts. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday morning to Podnosis, where healthcare is our beat.